braved the the expanse of England to get here? Is it like is, at the moment? Is it like traveling through twenty eight days later? It is a little bit. It's very quiet. Yeah. Very supermarket trucks turned on their sides. People <laughs> in a collection of Renault Clios just part around them foraging away. Yeah, there's just uh, a guy in a, a hospital gown walking across an empty bridge towards Big Ben, but yeah. you can't tell it's Big Ben because it's still covered because nothing gets done quickly. In exactly. Um, you said something earlier before we started recording that I want to jump on really quickly. You, I think you said you don't consider yourself a street photographer. Yeah, because I think the street photography kind of definition is so, it's vague really, I think. Right. You can have street photography without people in it. Yeah. You can don't have to necessarily be on a street. Yep. And to be honest, I'm, I'm not a professional photographer. It's a hobby kind of thing to me. And I'm in that fun stage where I'm still trying to learn and what kind of photography I like, what type, what I like shooting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't necessarily class myself as street. What's the, okay. So I only started really looking at street photography in any way other than as a kind of casual view. I never did any until probably November last year. Okay. And it came about with uh, a switch to Fuji and me wanting to do um, more narrative sort of based yeah. stuff with my spare time. I think one of the, one of the problems I have is cause I sort of work in weddings and portraits quite often. I want to do stuff where I'm not talking to people. Yeah. I don't understand therefore the sort of finicky definitions around what can be classed as a street photo. Yeah. Everyone's got their own definition on it. Yeah. You, you go on forums or you go on like Instagram and you, somebody will post something and hashtag street photography or whatever. And then you'll see people arguing underneath about it, saying this isn't strictly street. Well, what is it then? Right. I mean, you do wedding photography. And there's no such thing as a, as a wedding photographer. No. Because you can't, because <laughs> a wedding isn't a real thing. It's, it's an, it's a, a very contrived idea not yeah. to kill my own fucking yeah. business really quickly here. <laughs> but when you think about it, there's no such thing as a wedding unless people call it a wedding. Yeah. There's a lot of things you do over the course of a day that are very similar to a wedding. Yeah. That, that aren't weddings. Mm. And if, you know, if you have a ceremony, but they don't actually sign the paperwork, it's like a fake ceremony because they're already married or whatever. Yeah. Is Are you a wedding photographer? Really, I'm like a product photographer, a portrait photographer, you know, a, a macro photographer. Over the course of a day, I do all of these different jobs. Yeah. That just gets encompassed as a a wedding photographer, whereas a street photographer, I think it's a bit more confusing as to why it's so aggressively opposed the yeah. definition. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure where to go with it really on the street stuff, on the definition of it. It's everyone's got their own idea of it. I've tried to think about it before. What do I define as, what I define as street photography is going to be different to somebody else's idea. Um, years ago, it'd probably just be called, you know, be like documentary photography and now you've seen a lot of st stuff that's classed as street it's just documentary photography without no narrative no story it's a bit boring yes yeah yeah, yeah. devoid of anything yeah and you know you see in instagram is it's like a I suppose it's like a fast food yeah photography bubble isn't gum it? for the eyes yeah and but I, I share quite a bit on it yeah and a few years ago, like you were saying about your journey, kind of looking at street photography, it's exactly the same as mine, but I'm a year before you. Right. It was November the year before, 2018. Yep. yep. And I got myself a Fuji. 
You don't have to say what year it is. You just say current year and then your argument's always correct. Yeah, but if this goes out yeah, in four true. years' time. That's true. No, look, please, come on. There's not going to be a world in four years' time. That's true. I watch the news. I know how we're all going to die. Um, so you started November 2018. But, yeah. But what what dragged you in? Um, right. I, I kind of... How did, how did I get really into photography? I, I've quite, I've liked photography for probably for about 10 years. Okay. And I got myself a little Sony Nex camera, yep. little compact camera thingy, and used that a little bit. Became obs- weirdly, you know, when there was like a weird obsession with everybody who was going over the top with HDR. Mm-hmm. Got, oh, that was dark days. 20, sort of 2012, oh, 2013. Yeah. yeah, that sounds right. And I got, heavily involved in looking at that and thinking it looked good. Yeah. Problem is I'm a little bit colorblind. Okay. So I was probably going way over the top with it. Yeah. I look back at my photos back then and I hate them. They're horrible. <laughs> and it's always a nice feeling, right? Yeah. Like, I, do, do you struggle with like imposter syndrome where like you don't think your work's, you know, I up, think up to standard you should be showing people away? Yeah. I think I'm a solid six or seven out of okay. 10 okay. on photos. There's some, there's a couple of photos I took and I thought, I look at it now. Yeah. It's an ongoing education, isn't it, really, with photography? I think if you think you've made it, you're probably not enjoying it anymore because yeah. you're not caring enough about it. Yeah. And there's photos now. I, I I went to it, well, something that really got me hooked on photography was I went to India 2017. Okay. And um, Did some poverty tourism. Did, well, yeah, I didn't go... That's like did, the thing now though, right? I didn't go overboard with it. I kind yeah. of had an idea of what I wanted to go for. But I think the... I think literally the last two years has become a thing. Yeah. The, like the... I, the amount of like YouTubers and Instagrammy type people. I mean, I, there's a page I follow that's to do with Iceland, which is a bit of a jump, but where they're basically like, can you guys just fuck off? You're destroying our country by yeah, I've heard coming that. over and just t- like taking as if it's, it's content for your stupid newsfeed or whatever. Yeah. Um, just show some respect for the places that you're going to. Like India, I know is having a really hard time of their image being taken from perhaps being a bit more modern than what it's being shown as. Yeah. I think a lot of places suffer with that. I mean, like I really want to, a country that I'd love to go to is Ethiopia. Mm-hmm. But you say that to people and people automatically think of, the only photos you think of of Ethiopia are kids dying. And the famine ones. The famine, yeah. yeah. And it's not like that. India's really weird. It's such a contrast. You've got the really poverty stricken people down on, you know, living on the street. Mm-hmm. Then you've got real rich areas, especially in Mumbai. You've got shanty towns and then you've got high rises directly above it. It's a really interesting, con- really interesting to go as a yeah. photographer. I mean, I was there just, I'm not a photographer. I was just there on my holiday really. Yeah. But it was kind of there where I started really thinking about street, street stuff. And yeah. I was walking around. I had um, a Nikon D3300 at the time. I had a telephoto lens and I had a 35 mil fixed lens. And I was kind of alternating between the two. But then when I look back at it, I was always going back to my 35. Mm. I liked how it was. I liked how the compact feel of it. It was lighter. It was easier. It performed better. Yeah. Um, and the photo, I put a little photo book together just for, for myself of photos I took. And the photo, main bulk of the photos I put in there were ones I took with that lens. Yeah. And I wouldn't say I'm a 
a shy person, but I like to stay off the radar a little bit when I'm out shooting. I don't want to draw attention. And so I was looking for then a camera to kind of blend in a bit better. And that's when I looked into the Fuji um, X100F mm -hmm. and I treated myself, sold all my gear for what I had for the Nikon and then just concentrated fully on using that Fuji. Yeah. And I find that because I've invested a lot of time in it, kind of got the balance right now. When I had, I was thinking about it, um, on the drive over here, when I had the Nick on, I think I went through what everyone, when you start getting into photography, you feel like you have to own everything, get loads of bits and pieces for your camera. All the gear. All the gear. Go have all that gear. Exactly. And yeah. And I was, I remember I was walking around, I think it was in, it might've been Agra and I was walking around there and I was taking photos and I was, it was ridiculous. I was walking around with my D3300 with bloody little spirit level thing in the top of it. <laughs> well, why do I need that for? What, why? And I, do you know, I've got one of those little spirit level things and the I, only time I've used it since I got it was to put the shelves up in this room. You know what, room. that's the only time I've used it. I mean, I'm not a landscape. I don't do yeah. landscape. And yeah. also you can straighten stuff pretty easy. Yeah. Yeah. I also feel like, um, I don't tend to do a lot of pictures where I'm on a tripod on a boat. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. even by eye, you do have enough time usually to just kind of, mm, yeah, you know, that can probably just be just turned a little bit to the left and we're fine. I don't need a spirit level to come in. Like need a laser to come in and tell me yeah. whether or not I'm there. Yeah. It was, it was that kind of level of ridiculousness really that if you strip it all back and now oh, I forgot who's, you know, numerous people have said it, but then I started getting into my camera and knowing how to use it. And then you come obsessed, don't you, with like YouTube videos and tutorials. Yeah. And, and that's the heyday of shite on YouTube. Yeah. Where, you know, you had like Frono's photo talking out of his asshole, but he just didn't know what he was talking about. And there was a, you were a fan, I'm guessing from your facial expression. No, I've never heard of him. Okay. So he's this, this fella in Philadelphia who is an incredible brand marketer for himself. Right. Um, but what he doesn't know about photography would fit in a warehouse. Yeah. Um, he'll do like a 40 minute long video to tell you about a new camera. And it's just him reading a spec sheet as slowly mm. as he can read it with about 20 adverts of his own inter interspliced into it. Um, the amount of YouTube photography that irritates me is, is I, I now on my blog, I now do a recommendation every month, 10 videos yeah. that are like, you can go down the rabbit hole with YouTube. It's a good starting yeah. point the amount of tutorials on YouTube that are. It can, it can bog you down because yeah. the thing is they, on the, some tutorials, they'll teach you stuff, but it's their style. It's what they like. And yeah. I think it's quite important if you do want to take photos, get your own style because then, you know, it's all, you, you know, you mimic other people and you find other people that you like and you want to replicate that to a point, but then something quite nice about putting your own stamp on something. Yeah. I don't think enough people do that really. No. It's quite refreshing when you, you go through Instagram. I mean, it's not all the same stuff. You know, it's a, a silhouette against a colourful wall. I mean, I've got photos like that on mine, but it's not that hard to do. Yeah. It's really nice seeing unique, you know, it doesn't have to be the best technical photo, but it, you know, it evokes some kind of emotion from it. Yeah. Makes you think somewhere, even if you, oh, I hate that. At least it's, at least it's got something from the, the viewer. Yeah. Um, I think it, with, with, when it comes to like, not mimicking, but when it comes to taking on inspiration, I think the portrait side of the, of, of the, the 
photography sort of spectrum um, is just full of people that either completely rip something off, mm. like to the the pose, the, the, literally down to the finest movement of the fingers, like everything has to be identical to, you know, for a while, maybe a year and a half ago, there's a guy called Peter Coulson in Australia. Right. Everyone that was ripping him off wasn't even subtle about it. Yeah. It, he He's famous for incredibly ripped jeans, a white vest that's a bit dirty, uh, a un, like what he would call, I think he calls them cookies, but essentially like a plain studio backdrop, but all of the marks on it, he leaves in. Yeah. So it looks raw. Yeah. Um, and the amount of people that had bought his one tutorial or seen a YouTube video and they just like, okay, so the girl sat like that and she had her knee here. And so that's not being inspired. That's, that's stealing. Yeah. The inspiration is like, for me, like Emily Soto was a photographer who I was a huge fan of when I came in like probably the biggest reason I kept going. Yeah. But I took bits of what I liked and I got rid of the stuff that I didn't yeah. like. And then like now I'm a big fan of Agatha Serge and Peter Lindbergh. You take bits yeah. that you like and you add it to what you already have. And then your personality takes over from there. Not that I have a personality, but it takes over from yeah. there. That's being inspired. I think there's a huge difference between inspiration and like mimicry. Yeah. You, yeah. You are right. And the, the videos I kind of watch on YouTube now are more like kind of the, I suppose like the philosophical ones, like with uh, I don't know, Sean Tucker. Yeah, he always has. Hi, I'm Sean Tucker. I do got the nice music in the background. Yeah, it's quite easy to watch. It's yeah. nice and and to be fair, sometimes it, it was really nice because he's like non, he, you know, he does street stuff, but he's non-confrontational. So he'll do it. He'll play with the light and, um, you know, and he doesn't, you know, he admits himself he's not the best photographer in the world, but he's he, I like his work and I like the way he approaches it. Yeah. Um, Ex-priest, right? Yeah. All right. He's got an interesting story. Yeah, no, definitely. I think I, I think one thing I find with him is just sometimes the music and the I'm here to inspire you is just laid on a bit thick. Right. And I think when I'm feeling cynical, it's a bit much for yeah. me. Most of the time I can have it on, it won't bother me. But if I'm having a bad day or... You know, if I'm stuck in an edit or something and there's a guy on my TV who's got like a full orchestra behind him while he tells me that there's light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. I just want to hit him in the face with something. Um, that's the one thing I would say with him. I, th I think um, what I like with him is that he doesn't appear to give much of a shit about chasing any trends. No. He is like, here's his work. He does this style of work. And I, I always like that. Uh, even if it's not maybe something I would do, I always love when someone has a thing yeah. and you can kind of go to them and they're consistent in that thing. Yeah. As opposed to just kind of, they're an iPod shuffle. You know, you never really mm. know what you're going to get out of them. Um, when it comes to YouTube, have you ever checked out Joe Greer? No. Because he's definitely worth a look. Have a look at my blog. He's in there. He's a, he so he has like little chest mounted GoPro, but he wears a coat so that it's not particularly noticeable. Yeah. He shoots, I think, pretty much predominantly on film Leica. Okay, in New York and a few other places. But he's done two New York street walk things, which I think is really funny because I always just think of prostitutes <laughs> when people say that. Yeah, they're like, oh, "I'm going to do a photo street walk," and I'm like, "Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay." Um, but his his photos are fantastic, and it's a very very clean way of showing you what he does. Yeah, it shows him hold the camera, take the pictures, and keep going. There's not lots of like over explaining or yeah. funky music to try and make it's it not, seem. It's not polished. Like that. No, you no, see, it's what I love. It's, yeah. it's great now. Some people go, they'll go out 
I think uh, when you interviewed uh, Hugh yeah. on here, he, you know, you go out and you take a thousand photos and you might just have like 50 that are any good. Yeah. It's quite, I quite like it when you see people go out and they'll say, yeah, I'll show you this one. I'll show you this one. It's crap. It's yeah. crap. It's crap. It's refreshing because then you think when you look at your, cause you know, when I look at my photos, I'm like, oh, that's crap. That's crap. That's crap. Why, why have I taken so many crap photos? Right. But you take the rubbish photos and it leads, when you do take a decent one, it enhances it. Yeah. And think you learn a little bit, I think. I think if you're coming away from taking a thousand photos and you think you've got a thousand good ones, you've probably oh, got all bad ones. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. It's just your standards are a bit low at that yeah. point. Yeah. Um. So your um, X100F still. Yeah. Any interest in going to the V for the, no, I don't for think the so. flippy screen and the shite video features? Well, I'd never do video. No. So there's no point me looking at it. Yeah. And I'm not that bothered about it, to be honest. I was thinking, but before one of my pitfalls really going out and taking like street or trying to get some like kind of documentary kind of style photos is I would be one of these people. I think you do it when you start out, you take a photo, then you look at the screen, mm-hmm. then you miss probably two or three potential photos yeah. whilst you're dicking about with your camera. Yeah. So what I've done is deactivated the screen now for okay. I just look in the viewfinder and shoot. So, and I never, I shoot from the hip sometimes. I'm not that bothered about having a tilting screen. I had one before on a camera and I hardly used it. Yeah. So yeah, and, and also it's quite a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. I think it's me. like 13, 1400 quid, right? Yeah. And I'd, I'm actually looking to pick up an X100F in the next well, couple. Well, they should have dropped then, shouldn't they? Well, at really? this rate, I'll be able to pick them up for the same price as a pack of Lural. So yeah, um, you could trade maybe. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I, I, do you know what? Like, I don't know if you know the story with me and Fuji and now being with Sony, but essentially... Was it an awkward split? Well, it's really awkward when you go back through the podcast because in the space of about 10 podcasts, I've switched systems twice. Um, But I was a Canon shooter for about seven and a half years. Wanted to change, wanted to kind of something more tactile that you could really feel working and um, wanted something that was smaller and just something to get me out of not a rut, but I think you get comfortable and I'm, yeah. I'm someone that I like chaos theory. I like you take something that's working and you change one thing and see what it produces. Yeah. Um, so I switched to Fuji. My wife didn't get on with the Fujis. So now we have to be on Sony. Okay. Um, I'm probably going to bring this up in every podcast yeah. with a little hint of anger in my voice. Yeah. Um, but the Sony's you can't take out to do street stuff. They're just too big. Mm. Um, I mean, like technically you could, but to me it's a lot of it is about, the the way you feel about something will speak to the work that you do. Yeah. So with Canon, I had certain parts of a wedding day that would look really fantastic and other parts I struggled with. Yeah. And I only realized when I switched to Fuji that a lot of those holes filled in quite quickly because of how the camera made me feel and then made me work. Yeah. But some other holes appeared because it was it was sort of um not as good in other areas. And now with the Sony, I'm now, you know, yeah. somewhere in, in between all of this and probably just a confused well, idiot. But. Well, that's I don't think there's a, there's one camera that will hundred percent do everything you want it no, to do. No, 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 no. Um, I think I, Fuji's got the market though on street along with like the Ricoh GR. Yeah. That's yeah. There's a lot of people using that. Yeah. Um, there's a really interesting article that, um, 
I saw the other day about a street photographer getting his face smashed in and his camera smashed up, and that was a Rico GR. Yeah, um, and the articles, the articles, very suspect. Um, so I'm I, now I'm no, I don't work in law enforcement. I'm no intelligent person, but he says that he was taking a picture at about ten thirty at night at the end of the Notting Hill Carnival of a couple hugging, and that the guy went spare, smashed his face in, smashed the camera. He didn't want to report it to the police because he didn't want to relive the situation. So he just went back to his hotel, had a beer. He took a picture of himself covered in blood, although I couldn't see any marks. Yeah. Um, and then he went to the newspapers with it. Yeah. So he didn't want to relive it where the guy would actually get punished, but he did want to relive it where it would go in the paper. He, he was so upset that he didn't go to the police, but he did take a picture. It just feels like an insurance job to me. Maybe I'm being a bit cynical. <laughs> Well, yeah, not wanting to relive it by going to the police, it's like kind of fair enough. You you hear that quite a bit sometimes if people don't want to go through all through all the system. But then, yeah, you're going to get more of a grilling. But I would say, I would say, if someone punched my face in and smashed my camera up, I would go to the police. You should, even do. if I wasn't particularly chuffed with yeah. having my face smashed in. Yeah. The fact that he, it was okay, there's two things that happened in my opinion. One, he wasn't photographing a couple hugging and he wasn't particularly nice about it. Yeah. Or two, this didn't happen. It's an insurance job. If I was a betting man, and I am, I would be betting probably on this being an insurance job, personally. But I'm very cynical. He's probably out now selling toilet rolls for yeah. 20 quid a go. He's the guy that's buying all the toilet roll and then posting on Facebook that no one should be buying all the toilet roll. There's yeah. no need to panic. He's that arsehole. I think you've solved it. Yeah, I've, I've got a lot of anger. <laughs> <laughs> so, so hang on, you, you were interested in photography for 10 years, but how long do you feel like you've been a photographer? I'd say probably, yeah. I suppose probably a year and a half, two years maybe. Right. Where I've really been keen at it. And mm. like wanting to go out and do it and actually thinking I'd love to make money from it or have a career in it. Um, I'm quite lucky really. I love, I love my day job. Yeah. So it's quite nice, but it's, it's a nice escape. Yeah. Doing the photography. It's something that I can go out with a camera and it will completely take my mind off any, anything else. Yeah. It's my one escape. So it, it's good to have That's something great. where you can, when you get sick of the photography, you enjoy your job. When you get sick of your job, you can enjoy the photography. Yeah. That's how people should treat life is they yeah. should have some escape. I feel really lucky. Yeah. I mean, I thought about like the other half asked me before, you know, about, she asked me a while ago, cause she knows I love my job. And she said, well, if you got offered like say a travel photography job, mm. same wage and stuff, then I would take that. Cause that's It'd be a that'd quiet be incredible. Month, <laughs> yeah, it would. Yeah, it wouldn't be doing much. Day A, the airport yeah. is still fairly quiet. So I'm glad of my current job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll pay the bills now. Yeah, exactly. But no, yeah. I, so it's difficult. I wouldn't class myself. I'm a hobbyist, really. Um, right. But you're a photographer. I, I personally find the the argument of like, oh, you're not a professional. Or I'm, you know, it's all up there with people that put internationally published in their bio. Yeah. It's just an absolute load of horse shit. You're a professional photographer. You get ta- paid to take yeah. a picture. Yeah. So a speed camera essentially is as much a professional photographer as most people that have got internationally published written in their bios. Yeah. I don't think it's it's about whether you're paid or anything like that. I think, you know, you said earlier about if you feel like you know everything, that's probably like a sign that you, you've got a lot of learning to do. Yeah. I think, you know, if, you, if you're sort of 
resting on the idea of like the status of being professional photographer. And I see a lot of that in the wedding industry. You're probably not very good. And you, skill, any kind of skill that's practical and you're trying to develop and it takes some kind of mental fortitude to do, you're on an escalator that you're working against. And yeah. the second you stand still, you're going backwards. And that's what drives me a little bit mad with yeah. with these labels of like professional or whatever. Okay, but what's your last photo? What's you know what's your best work? Let me see mm. what you do because like I was attracted to your work primarily because I think you photographed the same things I would in terms of subject matter. Maybe not in the same way, but yeah. you seem to focus on the same subject matter as me. And I've noticed a lot of street photographers of. Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty broadly, I'm painting pretty broadly here, but I see a lot where they will just take a hip shot of a group of people or a person and infer a load of narrative onto it that yeah. just isn't there. Most of the time people look fucking bored. Yeah. And they'll take a picture of a bored person and you get the, you almost get like a Kuleshov thing going on where it's like you show a picture of someone with no expression and then show some food and it's like, oh, they were hungry. Yeah. Or they show, you show that and then you show war and you're like, oh, they're scared of fight. You know, yeah. people infer and like, and, and plaster on a load of narrative that's just not there. Yeah. What is it you're looking for when you go out? What, like you're, so you're going out, say this weekend to take some photos, you're going to such and such town you know, how do you go about, do you pre-plan where you're going or? Not really. Sometimes, sometimes I do. I mean, I don't get to shoot that often. And what I've started doing now is trying to implement it a bit more in my day. So like during lunch break, I think, right, you've got say 40 minutes. I'll go for a walk. I'll, I'll set myself a target of where to walk. Yeah. Sometimes that'll depend on what the light's like. Yeah. Because I like shadows. It's just, and I think, where can I go? It just, get like isolated figures walking somewhere. So I'll go, I'll walk somewhere quite quiet. Yeah. And it's quite easy in Dorset for that. It's not overly crowded. You go for a walk around the harbour and around some of the housing estates and it's quite sparse with people walking around. So it's quite nice to shoot. Yeah. Um, but I never have a set plan. I think the problem is if you set too much of a plan, you're just going to disappoint yourself if you don't get that one thing. Yeah. And you can become a bit blinded to other options as well. Yeah. So I quite like just going out and I'll have my camera in my hand. And to be honest, sometimes I'll go out and I won't even put my camera on. Yeah. I think so, it sounds a little bit bizarre, but some of my, I think some, probably some of my best photography is done when I've not taken a shot. Right. I'll be walking around and I'll see like an interesting shot and I think, oh, at least I'm seeing it. Yeah. yeah. If I had my camera, I'd have took it or. Well, yeah. Seeing it's part of the skill yeah, set. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, I think that's important. I think some of, you know, if you walk around, you just go for a walk and look for, stuff look for juxta juxtaposition and uh look for different how you would compose a shot mm -hmm. and there's some things you see and you think oh i wish i'd have thought that but at least i'm seeing it yeah and i think if you're not seeing stuff or you're not seeing potential in areas or if you're just shots, kind of arriving at a destination you don't yeah. really realize how you got there you're probably not yeah tuned in to to see the stuff if you did have the camera yeah you um you you mentioned the podcast i did with i uh, was here yeah I asked him about this and I'm actually just curious to ask any street photographer now opinion on photographing homeless people. Um, I think it's, I don't want to um, echo really what Hugh said, but I kind of, it was interesting listening to him because he's got a lot of the same ideas as what I kind of work to. Mm -hmm. I have taken pictures before of homeless, but never like, you know, not, not fishing in a bin or yeah. something where they're, 
looking desperate. Yeah. I've kind of done it more of a way. There's a, there's a big homeless problem at the moment well, everywhere, mm-hmm. but I've noticed a significant rise in Bournemouth. So, and you see more doorways taken up, you know, like makeshift shelters and tents and then uh, soup kitchens popping up and right. things like that. So I think it's important you take photos because you're documenting what's going on. Yeah. You know, I'd never like raise, you know, or try and make money from it or try and exploit it. Exploit it. Yeah. yeah. Why should I, you know, what someone else's loss. Yeah. Documenting I- isn't exploitation at the end of the day. I don't, I don't think documentation is no, the same. No, I think as, it's important because otherwise you're sweeping it under the rug and yeah. saying it's not happening. It's, it's one of those things where there's sort of, you're kind of, you're between a rock and a hard place because if yeah. you show certain things, you can be perceived to be exploiting it. But if you don't show them, you can be seen to be like pretending they don't exist as a problem. Yeah. And especially in this day and age where everything is a social issue. Yeah. That can be difficult. I mean, I, I find, I'd love to do like, I'd love to get like five or six photographers in for a podcast and like especially if I knew a few of them didn't agree with each other yeah. and just start throwing some sort of moral questions about photography down the line. Yeah. Um, because I think there's going to be a huge difference in the details of what one person's going to think is a necessary photo to another yeah. person's idea of complete exploitation. Yeah. Cause I think you go by your own moral code. It's, oh, it's fine. You know, I'll bring my camera up to my eye and I've done it before. I've gone to take shot and I've thought, Ah, I don't feel comfortable taking this shot mm-hmm. and I'll put it away. Yeah. Um, and then other times, no, it's, it's right to highlight it. And sometimes I have put stuff on, on Instagram about it and said that about this needs to be sorted. I've written to the council about it. Yeah. Um, because yeah, about going all too political and stuff about it. Dorset portrays itself as quite, it is a rich area. Yeah. You've got the richest of the rich there really living there, but then you've also got the poorest of the poor, like living yeah. in the car parks. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't go on the holiday posters and things like that. No, no. And you can't, I mean, I think that's kind of something that carries through. I mean, the worst place I've ever been to ever. And I've, I've been to Liverpool. Hmm. The worst place I've been to is San Francisco. Really? It is an absolute dive. It is just loaded with people injecting themselves with drugs and shitting in the streets. And it is unbelievable. And then you get the other side of it, which is the side that they polish up for the tourists. I was going to say, because like, I've only ever been to New York right. before in, in America. Okay so, it, okay, so the best example I can give you is imagine if the worst smelling part of New York had Californian sun. Okay. That's how I would describe it. I know that sounds like I'm being really horrible, but they've, that's one of the richest States in Mm. America. And actually I think would be like the seventh richest country in the world. Yeah. If it was in its own right, it's absolute horseshit that it's in the state that it's in. Yeah. It's great for street photography and you have to switch off your compass for a bit and just kind of go with it. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if I could even manage to go back. Mm. It's that gross. I can't think of a better word. It is pretty but, gross. We went to go in the subway at like 11 o'clock in the morning as in the restaurant. And there was just a woman shooting heroin into an arm block in the mm. door. And that was kind of like, yeah, that's San Francisco. That's kind of what you expect to see. So, so yeah, day one, you're shocked. And then by day three, four, you're kind of used day to Day four, I'm just, I'm on heroin. I'm living yeah. in a tent. You know, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's bizarre. And it's weird that you've got an area like San Francisco where I think the world's most expensive parking spaces. And then they've got a problem where there's just hundreds upon hundreds of people yeah. living in tents 
in the sun shooting up because they're so poor. And it's like, how do you end up with a place that's so rich, but so poor at the same it's time? Crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. That's what like in India was like certain areas. Yeah. You've got ridiculous riches, you know, people drive around in really nice cars and you've got people begging at the side of the street with, you know, no, hardly anything, you know, nothing on their feet. And, yeah. It's, yeah. I think it's that contrast as well, photographically that can be stark and interesting because like you say, it's not on the holiday posters. It's not on the advertising literature no. and stuff. So when people see the other side of, or the, the meeting of the perceived side and then what's actually going on, that can be where a lot of people find interest in, in, yeah. in street photos, I guess. When you went to New York, did you do photos in New York? Took a few photos. Yeah, it was a bit of a, a whistle-stop holiday, really, that we had. We would like, um, I mean, Greta Thunberg wouldn't thank me for it, but yeah, we flew We flew to... Um, How we, dare you? We went to Reykjavik <laughs> for three days and, and then right. drove around Iceland for a bit. Then we went to Toronto for yeah. three days and then we went to New York for oh, three days. Oh, you're the guy that's ruining all these countries with yeah. your preset packs and, yeah. your, and your drone footage. Ah. Oh, I've got, I haven't got a drone. Oh, okay, so you're fine then. Yeah, that's fine. Um, yeah, I took a few shots. To be honest, I felt slightly overwhelmed by New York yeah. the first time I went. Um, the other half had been there before, so she kind of said, and it's really weird you go to New York for the first time because you feel like you know it. Yeah. Because you've oh, seen yeah, yeah. so many shows and films. If you've seen a Sony movie, you've watched a lot of New York. I kind of knew, like, we, like, where should we go here? Yeah, I know where to go because yeah. I've seen Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah. And, it's that's it's almost like um, meeting a person that you follow online. Yeah, and you're like, I know so much, but I don't know how much I can bring up about seeming like I've looked at for a window. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So it was weird, and a little for a bit, I was a little bit overwhelmed by it. I had my camera in my hands, and I was looking around, and I was like, everything was kind of a photo. Yeah, everything. Yeah. So I probably come away. I'll come away with some good photos, actually. I quite liked it. I'd like to spend more time there. Yeah. You could spend a week just traveling around on the on the underground there. Yeah, that's what I do. I, every every January I go there. Incredible. And there's some incredible photographers there um, that are kind of like like friends with on like Instagram and stuff and I've right. spoken to. Yeah. I'm seeing some of their work at the moment is great because they're in Times Square and there's like three people there. Yeah. That's, it's mental. Yeah, it's it's... I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it. It almost, it's almost lost something by the people not being there. Mm. I find Times Square to be the most irritating place to be in New York. And it's still enjoyable. You can still do a lot of great photos there, especially like the bottom end of it where the police yeah. are usually hanging out. And yeah. it's a little bit more chaotic than the middle bit, which is very just people holding their phones up in the air. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I think New York is just, the easiest place to go and take photos in a good way. I don't mean easy, like in a yeah. bad, that's why I like going back there. Um, I've done four years in a row, I think four, five years in a row, four years in a row. Um, and every year it's, yeah, no, four years in a row. And every year it's just, I pick a new sort of place to really focus on and I yeah. go with that. This do you time, go and shoot like kind of street stuff or do Yeah, you, so... Yeah. Um, for like two years, I was doing street stuff without really knowing that I was doing street yeah. stuff. I was just taking a camera with me and being a tourist, but I'd never flown on my own before. Yeah. And it was more about kind of just having a break from people and giving my wife a break from me yeah. and, and just getting out of, you know, getting out of Dodge for a oh, bit. I'm doing it for you. 
Is that what it was? Something you like that. You can have a yeah. break from me. I'm going yeah, to New York. Yeah, I got York. you a present. I'm going to New York for a week. <laughs> You're a genius. Uh, mate, tell me about it. You should do I'm, pod- I'm underappreciated. You should do a podcast world. about that. Um, well, okay. So here's, here's the truth of it. Like last year, I paid for Jamila and one of her ex friends, because this person can go fuck themselves. Um, but I paid for her and one of her ex friends to fly out to New York a week after I got back. So. It's not like I go and she stays at home and cleans yeah. or anything like that. I'm definitely the housewife in our relationship. Yeah. Um, but it's more like I'm quite an intense person. And sometimes I think my wife just wants to vegetate on the sofa and watch TV yeah. and not have someone... Have a reset. Yeah, and, and not have me constantly bombard her with bullshit when she could just... in You know, she has a very stressful job. She also does a lot for my work yeah. so she sometimes it's good to just have a break from switch that. the brain off for yeah, a bit switch the brain yeah, off get rid of that break healthy, send him off for halfway around the world and yeah and enjoy life um but yeah new york is like the last time we went there she came with me because she ruined it um <laughs> but like i i she hadn't been to manhattan bridge properly yeah which is to me a really cool place for photos it's it's much better view than Brooklyn Bridge. Is that the one where you've got like holes cut in the fence and stuff yeah, like that on there? Yeah. It's yeah. that side of it is very, very cliche, unfortunately, but it's a fantastic view. It's a great walk into like Dumbo and, yeah. and generally into Brooklyn. Um, you start off in Chinatown. It's like a street photographer's dream. You go, so I always stay at a hotel called Row to give them a shout out. Their hotel constantly electrocutes me when I'm there, which I can't quite figure out. But, um, I can stay at Row with a Virgin flight here, there and back for about 700 quid. Mm. Give me about five days away, which is pretty bananas to go yeah. to New York for that much and have a hotel. Row is in Times Square. Right. Okay. So it's not like I'm out of the way. Yeah. Um, I can go out at two in the morning and take pictures in Times Square or whatever. So it's kind of cool location. It's cheap. It's no thrills, but that's what I want. Cause I'm not really yeah. a thrilly kind of person You're going on your own. So you don't really care yeah. too much. Yeah. I'm not like bothered about whether or not the, the, you know, the bedside tables are a good accent piece for yeah. the feel of the room or if it's got good feng shui, it's yeah. like, no, it's got a bed and I'm not going to get murdered in it. That'll do. Yeah. Um, but I go there, I go like this time it was Manhattan bridge was a main focus. So we would go, uh, subway over to Chinatown, walk through Chinatown because you can do it in like kind of like a helix kind of way that you kind of go in and out of different streets, then go over the bridge and then do Brooklyn and then head back. And it's just as a, as a street photographer or even just as someone remotely interested in culture, it's mind blowing mm. to see how much change there is in like a two hour walk. Yeah. That's what I find amazing. Like you hear it about London, but I just don't see it the same way. Yeah. I've, you know, I've, I've been in and around London my whole life. And I find London to be very overblown in its melting potness. Right. It's, is know, that because you're like familiar with it? I think and so, yeah. I find, do you know what? I've, this is something I've got to try and work out. I find London almost impossible to photograph. Yeah. I, I find, I really like taking photos in London. Right. But I tend, I'd go there for a day and just, I'll get the National Express over there and, walk around with my camera for a few hours and then come back. Yeah. Do you find yourself knackered when you're coming back? No, I find myself fine, actually. I, find, oh, okay. I, I quite like just walking around, around <laughs> London. Um, I find it, it's quite fun and you get some interesting characters there. Yeah. And I find everything's walkable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I, I do like shooting there, but I don't go there that often. No. Um, but I, I think 
sometimes I, I, I came in, the problem was I started just enjoying photo, taking photos when I was going on holiday because it was new and you know, shiny and you go to a new place and you're like, oh, I want to go discover it. And I realized I weren't taking any photos around by me. The beauty of kind of street stuff, you could go around here yeah. and take some great street stuff because you've got some interesting buildings yeah, and architecture. Yeah. You know, Basingstoke is a hotbed of culture. It is. It's the new one. You're going to have people flying here from New York. They do call it the Paris of Hampshire. Yeah, I've heard they, that. They, no, they don't. They don't. No, no. No, it's... Oh, you oversold this too. Yeah, me. no, I'm, I'm on the tourist board. Yeah. Our slogan is try somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, but you're right. Like everyone document, if everyone documents New York and uh, say Mumbai and I don't know, Hollywood and London, there's a lot of stuff not being seen and there's yeah. a lot of good photos not being taken. There's some great stuff. Um, yeah, I'm not, you know, I'll, I'll go to London for the day. I'm, chances are I'm not going to take a photo of something that nobody else has, you know, somebody else is going to have taken that photo before. Yeah. Potentially, depending on, you know, that's what's quite good about kind of the street stuff above like landscape photography and things like that is you can go back to a landscape time and time again and get the same photo. It's no problem, but like kind of street stuff with people, it's always changing. Yeah. So I always look, try and get the one off thing rather than something that can be easily recreated. I'll come back tomorrow and get the same yeah. thing. Yeah. I think that's my in with street is, is I think the closest thing to, to wedding photography is street photography. It's smartly dressed street photography really, isn't it? Basically. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's about trying to get narrative into one or two frames is very hard. Yeah. But a wedding is basically a street photography shoot where you know about, 40 or 50 things that are going to happen on the day. Yeah. And you don't have a choice about it being about a one in four hit ratio or you're in trouble. So I've done one wedding. And uh, do you know how often I've had someone say to me when they know I'm a wedding photographer, well, I've done one wedding. That's only because <laughs> my mate is, luckily he's really laid back and so is his other half. Yeah. So they give me like two weeks notice. I was going to the wedding anyway as a guest and they yeah. said, you've got a camera. Mm. Or you're not invited. Was that what you, they, tell the yeah, truth? Is that what that they said? That must have been what it was. Yeah. So, and it was quite good at the fact that he put no pressure on. Yeah. And I did treat it like a bit of a street hit. Really, I said I did warn him. I said, look, he's paying me twenty four. He paid me twenty four cans of out of date Thatcher's cider. So is got, there a good reason to have out of date cider? I'm not sure. Okay, but he, just he, just by chance. He kind of, I thought, well, you get what you pay for, really. Don't I suppose you? right. And so I thought. I'm under no pressure here, but I actually quite enjoyed it. Yeah. And I think I'd enjoy wedding stuff if I was a second photographer without having the pressure of you've mm -hmm. got to get the shots that the grandparents are happy with. Yeah. Hated that. Hated doing the the formal stuff. Yeah. I, do you know what I found my tactic is we don't like it at all. No photographer actually likes it. If they do like it, they obviously kill small animals they in their spare hate time. Hate photography probably. Yeah. Um, what I do is I tell people pretty much up front, no one enjoys this bit. And like the, my bargaining, I don't know if this is work in America. I think I would just end up pissing off a lot of people, but I know in England, almost any wedding I can say, we're going to do the group shots now, play ball. Cause we want to get through this as quickly as possible. We're and English people will be like, yeah, yeah. Cause we'll get to drinking. Thank you. Yeah. There'll be like an appreciation of your yeah, honesty. He recognizes it. Yeah. I mean, I, I have it where I think last week I actually said to, um, Everybody, I'm just going to make some enemies now and ask you to all come over this way because I've got to get a full group shot. Mm -hmm. And like three people were like, huh. 
Because you're just being honest. You're just as, breaking the ice there, yeah, aren't you? Yeah, I think if you're like, oh, come on, we're going to come over and we'll think about what we want on our futures and you know, yeah. more toilet roll, obviously. Yeah. Hand sanitizer. Yeah. Common sense, I think, is top of my wish list at the moment. Um, yeah. When you're... When, so when you're curating your own work, when you're kind of going through what you photographed, how, how are you able to tell that's a, that's a good photo from a bad photo? You know, is it... Do you, okay, so firstly, do you go in straight away and you're like straight through the photos to try and find Used the good to ones? be. Right. Used to be. And and it would be, I can't wait to see what I've got. And then you look through it and you've probably built it up to such a point that you're going to be disappointed. Okay. But now I quite like sitting on the photos for a little bit. Might only be a couple of days or whatever, but I'll find some time and then go through and then you kind of have a clearer mind of what you're looking at. Yeah. Um, I did... St- putting stuff on Instagram before I did start putting, you know, going through a bit of a routine of like, right, I'll share portrait, then a landscape portrait. Right, right. And kind of having a system. But then I thought, I'm not, I'm not after clients or anything. I'm not, I'm just sharing stuff that I like. Yeah. I kind of just, I don't share any photos that I think this will get me some likes because this is what's in at the moment. Yeah. Um, I share stuff that I genuinely, actually, I look for it. I think actually I like that photo. And it's quite nice when you look through old photos. I'd say to people, never delete stuff because there's lots of stuff that I took in India that I dismissed as being crap. And then when I kind of educated myself of what makes a street photo and, you know, what works, you know, layers and Mm. and stuff like that. And I looked through some of my old stuff and I was like, bloody hell, I nailed that. Didn't even realise it. Yeah. Um. So that goes to like an eight out of 10 or. Right, right. And I like uh, that you've got a scoring system. I feel like. I haven't really. I've just, uh, yeah, that's scoring systems. I'm not just sure I believe in you. I think you might do. But yeah, it's just funny. I don't go out with a set mentality of what I'm going to share. Right. Sometimes I do. If it, it depends on what day it is. It's like, you know, it was International Woman's Day last week or whatever. So I'll put a few, a couple of portraits on that I took of like my other half and my sister and my mum, mm-hmm. which but I took them like a year ago. Yeah. Um, but there's no rhyme and reason for what I share really. Right. I find the, um, I, I mean the, the whole theme of this series of podcasts has just been me turning into an old person, not understanding social media in the slightest, but I don't think anybody does do they? No, but I think the problem is, is that I've become one of the idiots that's way too self-aware of how bad I am at it and how Mm. I don't understand why you need to be good at it. Yeah. And one of the things that does, that has been absolutely so refreshing and like caught me so by surprise when I started doing the 3291 project, which is the the sort of a side thing I did for any kind of like street work, whatever, you yeah. want, whatever it is, you know, according to the law of idiots on the internet was. What is the 3291? Is that how many, <laughs> days, you know what? Is so how many f- days we've got left? Oh, that's far too many. Um, <laughs> So I put on my website because it was a question I got asked almost immediately from people that knew from my other side. And I put on there almost immediately that I'm just not going to talk about it. Yeah. But sod it, the world's ending. So basically uh, my two favorite sports, to put this in the shortest form possible, football and ice hockey. Football, I would wear number 32. Ice hockey, I would wear number 91. 3291. Nice. That's it. Simple as that. As simple as that. They're just lucky numbers. Um, I've had loads of like conspiracy theories yeah. about it. I like that though. Cause I was trying to like guess it. Yeah. Thinking like date of birth somewhere in it. Or, yeah. 
then I just I, I was well chuffed when someone said am I third of the second 91 I was like fucking took three years off me there. Yeah, that brilliant. was lovely result yeah that's, and that's then, correct but then they were like oh no it couldn't be look at you and you're like oh um, but you, no, you felt you felt good for a good four seconds, yeah, so, yeah, which is in this day and age, is that's a privilege. That's a um, not many people are entitled to much self esteem, so it's nice for me to get yeah. that four seconds. I'll treasure yeah. it fondly. Um, no, what I find really refreshing about the street photography side of things compared to the portrait side of things or the fashion side of things is that when you talk to street photographers, they talk about street photography. When you talk to portrait photographers, they talk about like social media strategy, yeah. how you can make money and no one seems to enjoy the photography. I don't seem to have many f- sort of portrait photography conversations that don't revolve around either like business or attention. Yeah. I think with street stuff, I think it's probably, it's quite hard probably to make money from it. You sell some prints. Yeah. And, and stock that, images, I guess. Yeah. And like, so you kind of do it for the, for the love of it really because you like doing it and you you get out and walk around and take photos of interesting things and yeah. you're not under any kind of pressure with it so you're just talking about enjoying photography and I suppose it, it, I, I've never done portrait so I'd like to look at I've started following a lot more portrait photographers like now. me yeah like you and you mate Emily Soto and oh yeah people like, and their work is just great did you and say I, my mate did you say my mate? No, I didn't. Oh, no. okay. I just got really excited there. I thought maybe you knew something I didn't know. Maybe yeah. she likes me. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, well, man, it it's must just be a different mentality. Because everyone, there's, everyone's a photographer now, aren't they? That's part of it. I mean, that makes it fun for me. Yeah. Because if, I don't know, I think it's a lot easier to stand out the more shit that's out there. Yeah. And I know that's counterintuitive because you'd think you get more and more diluted, but I think comparatively the more bang average and low stuff, when I every so often fluke a decent photo, you look so much better for it. Yeah. It's like that, that's what I would say. Yeah. Top. Yeah. I think if, I mean, you know, I used to say this to my wife and she, it took her ages to get her head around what I was trying to say. I think she thought I was being self-deprecating, but I want to be the worst photographer in the world. And she, every time I'd say this, she would just be like, what? So, but if you, if you genuinely think about it, to me, the worst photographer in the world, right? Yeah. That would mean that every other photographer out there is producing better work than me. Yeah. Which would mean me as a fan of photography, which it doesn't seem like anyone fucking is anymore. I would see nothing but amazing work. Yeah. And I would have so much to aim for. Whereas I'm someone who I don't see... Portrait photography has got some grim, grim depths to it. Like it goes below the basement of low and it's not inspiring. It's not like, oh, you know, that's an interesting interpretation. Who knew you could photograph up a skirt? Do you know what I mean? It's (laughs) Or who knew you could edit someone to the point where they look like they were drawn with a felt dip pen? Yeah. To me, it's like it's not inspiring. It puts me off of doing work. Cause I then start to be like, am I, do I look like that? Does my work look that? And I don't know it. Yeah. Um, whereas when I see really great work, it just makes me it want to take photos. Out, isn't it? Yeah. And, and I, I enjoy it. I'm not someone that's put, like pathetically, bitterly jealous of other people doing no, good things. I do love it though. Cause um, I spoke to somebody on Instagram actually yesterday. They share quite a lot of um, good photos. Uh, image guide is there 
tag on um, Instagram. And they kind of like shared some photos of this, oh, I forgot his name, his surname's Balmer. He took, um, he's got a, a book which is old now um, from about up north. Right. And his photos are incredible. But I always like it because I look at it and I go, I like looking at photos that make me think my photos are crap. Because right. Because it inspires you to think, yeah, yeah, I've got a lot to learn here. This is, you know, you think, oh, I've taken a few good photos, but look at this guy's work. Yeah. Look at her work. It's on a different level. Yeah. And it, has, it should inspire you rather than scare you. Yeah. I don't know why people have the, the need to feel like they're better than other people. No. I, I just want to get better than I was yesterday. Yeah. Not in like a kind of like, hey, have you guys read The Secret? Yeah. Bullshit, pretend Buddhist kind of way, yeah. but in the like... But genuinely, every time I go out and, and do a wedding, I'm trying harder than the last time I did it yeah. because I'm I'm trying to beat the last wedding, yeah. which I'm guaranteeing now. No wedding client wants to hear me say, yeah. but that's the truth. I'm competitive with myself as a yeah. photographer. And I look at- And you should be. Yeah. And I look at like the shoots I've done this week. I've done a couple of model tests this week um, for an agency. And like, I look at some of what I got and I'm like, that came out much better than I thought it was going to come out. Then I look at someone like Agatha Serge or Emily Soto, whoever, and I'm like, oh, I'm shit. Yeah. And it's fun because it's like, okay, so I've still got room to move into. Yeah. It's not like I've hit my ceiling. And- no, it's quite, it's exciting, isn't it? Yeah. You think, well, you know, if you do it for a while, you, you, you become complacent and sometimes you just need that. You do need that reality check. Yeah. You look at it and it is nice to look at. You, you don't want to watch a series on Netflix and think, well, this is crap. I could have done still going to watch it. Yeah. I, I never want to watch You always something. want to watch something that's going to be great. <laughs> Go to the movies and be like, I wouldn't have done it that way. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, uh, do you know what? The other thing as well is, and, and please correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think um, a lot of photographers don't develop a taste. Mm. They develop a load of technical knowledge and um, they chase trends, but they don't have a taste that like, mm. they don't have, I'm really inspired by so-and-so and they just want to be the version of themselves that's inspired by that person. Yeah, They're just kind of like, oh, neon lights are really popular at the moment. Every picture's got to be some girl wearing clear glasses by neon lights. Yeah. And then the next thing and then the next thing. Yeah, and steamed up windows and buses and stuff like that. And- yep. Gotta love a steamed up window. I've got I've got a couple of them because and I'm thought, not I'm not quick enough for that. I went and try I walked to Buses work every move day, so. quickly for me. <laughs> I, I like buildings, I don't move. Yeah. It's very straightforward. Yeah. Where's your where's your sort of current favorite place to be photographing? Actually, currently it's where local pool. Yeah. Right. Because you, so you had talk, talk us through some photos you've done recently in Paul, because um do you want me to show you which ones I mean before yeah. I go into this? Okay, I'm going to quickly grab up your Instagram super quickly. But cool. um, I noticed that you um, sort of shot a fair amount uh, here. Yes. Yeah. Re- is this like an apartment building? Yeah. Okay, so if you go onto uh, William's Instagram, this was back on the 7th of February. Uh, it's like an apartment building with this amazing old school, outdated but not outdated paint job on yeah. it yeah i imagine just, it looked amazing for the first day and then yeah. it's just peeling off yeah but yeah it's that was on like a little estate just off the you go to pool harbour and it's it's quite nice there but then you when you venture into the housing estate at the back <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a bit it's a bit i don't know it, it, it's really photogenic yeah and i just remember i walked around there and i saw that that block of flats. Yeah. I couldn't stop looking at it. Yeah. 
I actually love like so there's three photos that you've put up on this post. Yeah. And I can see that I've liked it. So I'm Oh, it's legit. Oh, you've just pre- you've just double I just saw you. No, do that's that. on a different account. Even I'm oh. not that quick. Um but like it's it's the same block, it's the same incredibly um deliberate paint job. Like you're not gonna confuse it with a different building. No. But you found three really cool perspectives on it. And is that just like do you find the scene and just like, you know, there's a photo there and you're just going to keep hitting it until you find I think, yeah, the angle? I've started doing that more. Yeah. Um, taking my time rather than rushing around and moving on. I quite like to, I don't sit in a spot right. for a certain point, but it's quite nice. You know, you, you know, a mug on the table or whatever, you've got a nice light coming through. Mm. Not, Not today, in here, but. But you could take, rather than just do one shot, you yeah. could, you work the same. I imagine, you know, you do it as your portraits and stuff, don't you? You go different angles, yeah. different moods. So it's quite nice just walking around and exploring. Yeah. And then seeing with the camera, it's quite nice when you, rather than just moving on, just take a bit of time with it. Yeah. I mean, with, with portraits, it's more about poking yeah. the person, not literally, but poking at the person's personality to see how you can draw different, um, uh, sort of expressions or yeah. moods or, you know, one thing is like you work with models because of phone cameras. Most people think they know how they want to be photographed. Yeah. So you're fighting that. Yeah. From but, a selfie angle. Exactly. And a lot mm. of people have like an expression that yeah. they like. And if you go through anyone that's sort of between 20 and 25 years old and doesn't look like I would beat them over a hundred meters. Yeah. They have an angle, they have an expression, they have an yeah. outfit, they have literally the same fucking thing over and over yeah. again. And most models now on like the freelance level are very hard to photograph yeah. because they have a way that they expect to they be have photographed. A set way. Despite the fact that they're sort of a prop, yeah, they sort of feel like they are the ones that dictate all of the direction. That side of it's really hard. With street photography, I so there's, um, do you know who Scott Kelby is? heard of the name so he's like kelby one which is a i think it's like a teaching platform he did a photography podcast i don't know if he still does it was called the grid right no um with matt kluskowski which is not a real name if that's a real name like come on um and i almost got thrown out of the 2016 photography show for making fun of him uh, of scott kelby who was like running the show he was like presenting it and i said was you heckling yes but accidentally it just kind of i've got I, I had a moment where I just said something without my brain engaging and I said it literally straight to him on camera in front of like 40 people that were watching and the recording obviously that was going on. And I was like, I'll just walk away really quick. Did you just quickly. go silent? He definitely didn't look at me like we would ever be buddies. No. The way he looked at me was the way that if I was at a bus stop, I would probably expect to be mugged within a couple of yeah. minutes. Um, but he, so he said a few years ago, he did this, I think he's a bit of a charlatan and a bit of a salesman, but he did this uh, video a few years ago about like, if you stop at a scene and you take a picture and the first picture is not the, not the picture, it's, you know, you don't think it's a good picture. It doesn't mean the scene has to change. Yeah. It means you're not finding the shot. You have yeah. to keep chipping away yeah. and sort of look at the frame and work out what you don't like and either move in or move out or change your perspective or your shooting height or whatever. Mm. And that's, I think really under, understated advice. Like you, you obviously stopped for a reason. You saw something you liked. Yeah. You're just not capturing it as best as you could. You yeah. have to keep hitting it. Yeah. And see what happens. 
Do you ever find yourself like frustrated as fuck as you're just like trying to get something yeah, out of the scene? Yeah, you go and... someplace, you think there's something there, there should be something there. Yeah. There's a reason why you're always being caught. Yeah. And sometimes, yeah, you just, you don't get it. I don't get hung up over it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not that precious about things. Do you, do you not have like any set goals when you go out then? You're not like, I need to get like four or five shots from there. Not really. No? Sometimes I set myself little, little challenges. I quite like it when my, my memory card's nearly full and I've got like 20 shots left. I think, should to go and delete stuff. I thought, no, actually I'll go out and just use the 20. Yeah. And it makes you more disciplined. It makes oh, yeah. you a little bit better actually, because rather than hitting and hoping and you actually think about your photo. Yeah. It's quite nice. I've taken some, like some decent, semi-decent images. Like when I've, when I've done that, because you stop and you're a bit more considered. Um, with your, so you're still X100F, are you using the like lens adapters? For no. Like, so you're all 35 equivalent? Yeah, purely and, that. And you just feel at home there? Yeah, I love it. I yeah. actually really enjoy, like I never take, you know, I don't know what, I upgraded my phone a couple I get of the feeling ago. it's in your bag. It you is keep, in my bag. Okay, because you keep pointing at your bag. Yeah, I think, yeah. Okay, so rob you before you go. Yeah. I was going to trade it, but you know, I heard you had hand sanitizer here, so yeah. I trade it. yeah. I've got pasta. <laughs> what, the Ann Summers kind? Mate, have you not seen the pasta stuff that's going on? Yeah. So it, so um, really quick detour on this, but something I found quite funny was there's a kind of penny pasta. I don't really eat a lot of pasta, but there's a kind of penny pasta that's smooth, has no mm. ridges on it. Italians hate it. Yeah. Because it's pointless. It can't hold the sauce. It's yeah. just a bit plain and boring. And that basically people knew shit was real in, in Italy when that started selling out. Yeah. That was when it was like, oh fuck, this is bad. That's like, I love that kind of thing. Well, yeah, the, the, the like the reason I said the Ann Summers pasta, mm-hmm. they sell like penis shaped pasta in there. Do they really? They've sold out of it because of. I'm not going to ask you how you know that because you've got a glint in your eye. Well, I'm and... looking forward to tea tonight. <laughs> um, yeah, so you're going out 35 mil only and no. Maybe a small target, but no real target. Yeah, no real target. I have little projects that I've got in yeah. my head. I think that's quite nice to have. There's... Do you ever have any interest in doing like zines or like little publication type things, but just for your own for I've, your own chase? Yeah, I've thought about I've started looking at stuff more, like like printing and stuff. Like I've never been into, you know, I'll just see it on a screen. Uh, so I've started printing photos a little bit more now. Yeah. Um won like a little little competition thing last year and it was quite nice having a couple of my prints come through and I've seen them like A4 size rather than on a, on my phone. Yeah. And that was nice. Um, so I started printing stuff more. I think I'm dabbing with building a website just to do a few blogs and and see what happens with that really. Yeah. Not not to do anything profound with it, but just because it's interesting. And it's, no, well, that should be the motivation really. Yeah. And it's quite not, I have got a couple of projects I want to do, more local stuff, really documenting the local life around pool and, you know, while Dorsey in general, really. Yeah. But that's going to be a, a long-term thing. I don't go shooting enough to like say, right, it'll be done in six months. That'll probably be like five years time. I'll have enough images of somewhere to say. Well, that's what I did with, with Well, I used the, the 3291 project. I used getting the website as the, the gun to my head. Yeah. Because I didn't have enough to go on a website. Yeah. And I was like, that'll force me to go out and shoot. And now yeah. obviously it's a bit difficult at the moment, but yeah. um, it worked to an extent. I mean, I, I probably went to London six or seven times in the space of five weeks. Yeah. Whereas I probably wouldn't have gone for half a year. Yeah. 
Um, and it, it made me go back, like you were saying about looking at old photos because you find, I mean, I found in San Francisco because I hated the trip so much. I didn't really give the photos the time of day and having gone back and looked, I actually liked quite a lot of what I got in there. Yeah. So that was, that was great. Um, I'm now trying to decide where I want to go next. Um, once the world's ended to, to, to sort of do the next leg of whatever the three to nine, three, two, nine, one project is going to be. Got Chicago on on my radar because yeah. it's got like the overground trains and it's kind of like New York light. It's yeah. got like a lot of New York about it, but it's there's a few sort of different elements and it's got a, a blues bar there that I really want to go to and listen to some. It's music. nice to go and shoot somewhere fresh as well, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean New York, I've done four times. And it's now at the point where it's like, I've photographed New York. Like, yeah, I could keep going, but it looks like I live there if I keep going. Yeah. I'd love to go back there, but I think there's so many other places I want to go to yeah. in the world. That- well, that's what my kind of question was going to be was like, what's your sort of top five places you want to go to? So you said Ethiopia. Why Ethiopia? Oh, I'll probably, just because I've seen, I I've, I've know somebody that's been there and they raved about it. Mm-hmm. Seen a couple of documentaries. I mean, it's just stunning, stunning yeah. place. Really interesting history there. Like with churches and that built in the mountains. And it's, yeah. it's just a cool place to go. Peru's always been really high. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's, that's true in many ways. Yeah. That was, only, that was a, I should have claimed that. That was an above sea level pun. I like yeah. it. <laughs> We've just taken a deep dive, really, oh, haven't we? That was, so so Ethiopia, Peru. Why Peru, though? Is it the history or? Yeah. Right. And I'd, well, I've not done anywhere in South America. So I'd like to tour around South America, really. There's quite a few places I'd like to go. Not even as a photography kind of thing, really, mm. just as a travel and experience it. I'd go back. I'd love to go back to India. India's incredible place. Whereabouts in India did you go? Um, I went to Mumbai. Then I went into Rajasthan, which was um, Jodhpur, Jaipur. Went to Ramphambore, which was a national park, and did safari there, and then went to Agra with Taj Mahal, then went to Varanasi. Ah, so you got about. Yeah, I did well, really, because I was yeah. only there for three and a half weeks. Well, compared to what you said your trip to New York was like. Yeah. It's, it's, it sounds like you were a bit more thorough. Yeah, I tried to be. That was, it was a great trip, but that was that was kind of inspired by my granddad, really. Um, but he, it's really weird. He's probably one of the biggest influences on me. For photography, yeah, he died when I was seven. Right, um, and he was sorting through a loft at my mum and dad's house, and he had a photo album when he was in the RAF. Yep, back in nineteen forty six, and he was stationed out in India, and he took a load of photos and produced a little album of all his photos from around India. Yeah, and I was going at the time. I was going to go. I'd book some time off, and I was going to go to Peru. And I changed my plans completely as soon as I saw his photos and then kind of retraced a few uh, of his steps in India. Okay. And that's so, you, so you've got Peru and India following, but what way you got to go somewhere cold. This is all very warm at the moment. Yeah, it's quite nice. It's quite nice, isn't it? At the moment? Yeah, you're being a bit kind to yourself. I've packed quite light, you see. I've only taken shorts yeah, and stuff. Yeah, we've got to get somewhere where you need a, at least a, a warm jumper. I'd love to go around Antarctica or go around. That's... Uh, do you know what? I'm not going to lie to you. You're going to have trouble doing street stuff in Antarctica. You are really. Yeah. You're kind of limited. There's one runway. Yeah. So that's yeah. that one street. But it'd just be incredible to go there, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually just, so I joined the camera club back in September and it's been a wild ride of, of exactly what I expected it to be. How's that treated you then? Um, I'm under 50. Yeah. 
So I'm basically not... Is everyone not else shooting landscape? Macro. Right. Damselflies and dragonflies and anything that they can take a close-up picture with. That seems to be the HDR of today. Yeah. Um, it's ex- So my mum was a member of a camera club. They treated her like shit because she was a woman. So you went back for revenge? Basically, yeah. I went back and I was like, fucking try it with me. Yeah. Like, try it with a fat six foot, tired, pissed off German. See what happens. Um, but no, I, I, I went in with a pretty strong expectation of what it was going to be like. And it's kind of a mundane version of what my expectation was. Mm. Um, there's a lot of very passive aggressive put downs and and sort of certain I think certain demographics just don't have the right to be there like I don't feel like I belong quite a lot of the time yeah it's, um, it's weird they're getting little clicks as well with, oh god yeah oh they're the can oh you've got a nick on have you anyway, oh no it's not like that it's it's, like it's that. no no it's it's um so I was pretty much instantly outed because of my age yeah. And there, which is weird because I feel old, but yeah. there I am the least likely to be bothered by Corona. Yeah. Um, and then it, f- then I had a few people refer to me as the wedding guy. Oh. And I was like, okay, so I don't count as a real photographer, I guess, because I'm like the wedding guy. It was, it was, you know, it's a bit like of a pigeonhole. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I expected it to be kind of what it's turned out to be. It's, not something for someone my age I don't think because I don't want it to be for someone my age yeah I, I went to a couple of meetings at photography clubs and I found it a little bit weird well you're tall and good looking and have a beard and won't go that far alright well you're tall and you have a beard no you, you're, you're, you're a young tall good looking guy I mean it's it, it almost feels like considering I only have a beard I don't have anything else <laughs> in that sort of frame it's kind of weird that it almost feels like I'm a threat and that's kind of the clickiness is to kind of prevent the threats. It's kind of like five animals. Well, you you went there for a fight though, didn't you? No, I went there with, I, I I would not have said no. If you went there now, you'd just go around shaking their hands, wouldn't you? (laughs) (laughs) Oh God, that's going to be a crime soon. Um, Do you know what? I went there with the best of intentions, but with the, with an expectation that I was yeah. very honest about. Um, it just, you know, there was, the, okay, so there was one moment that kind of was the moment it summed it up for me. And it's so innocuous, it won't make sense. But they were they had a night where you talk about like stuff that influences you as, as yeah. a photographer. And one of them stood up and said, we all remember where we were when man landed on the moon. And it's like, I was 19 years off of being born. So I'm going to go with no, Yeah, you know, and it was almost like, and and part of this presentation was someone just basically saying that everyone, everyone below a certain age is, is a, is a basically a fucking idiot that just takes pictures on their phones and they don't know what real photography is. And I was in that age bracket. Yeah. And it's, it's hard to describe, but it's, you know, imagine if you came in to do the podcast and I was just like, all brown haired people are basically morons. Yeah. It, you know, you, you can't sit there and not be like irked by it, no matter how ridiculous it is. It just almost takes the reality out of what's going yeah. on. And you're just, you feel like you're in the middle of midsummer or something. You're in some <laughs> fucking horror film where at the end of it, you get tied up and put in a wicker man or yeah. set on fire or some shit. Um, 
but what, one of the things that came up was some, one of the uh, attendees did a trip from Argentina to to the Falklands and then down to Antarctica, and it was it was incredible to see. Mm. But for me, and you can please tell me I'm wrong here, it looked like you could do all the photography you needed to in about three hours. Yeah. And then it was just lots of white. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So Antarctica, I don't think would be on my list other than to kind of be like, done it and then go. Yeah. Not to kind of shit on your <laughs> dreams here. <laughs> I better cancel that then. My, it's cancelled already, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it's probably the only place you're safe now. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why we've got it. It's the ice caps are melting and all these diseases are coming out yeah. to get us like a ghost from Scooby-Doo. Yeah, I'm trying to, other places, really. I, I've not done anywhere in Africa, but then that's hot again. Yeah, you're, you're kind of... You're, are, you just a, are you just a warm weather person? Is that I, what think, I think that's why I moved from the West Midlands down to Dorset because it's right. a little bit warmer, yeah. a tiny bit warmer. So much closer to the equator. Yeah. No, I, 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 you know, looking at your work, I think you would be really cool. Um, you'd be, be really cool to see you shoot somewhere like Florida mm. or Nashville or somewhere that doesn't have much of a veneer. Yeah. And you would find the, the detail in it. That's, you know, like looking at, at the photos you've taken, it would be quite interesting to see how you find the personality. I think that's what's fun with photography is that, like, I, I recently did a workshop with one of my favorite um, portrait photographers. He was teaching and I was just one of the, you know, the idiots that sits there and mm. pretends they know what's going on. And um, I said to him uh, on the podcast we did together, I'd love to see him do certain things. And I, I realized how weird it is to say that you want someone else to photograph certain things, but really it's about, I want to see that person's interpretation. Like you were saying about Christopher Nolan before we come on. Yeah. Like Christopher Nolan. You know, you could think of a film that you'd love to see Christopher Nolan oh, yeah. make a version of. Yeah. You know what I mean? I yeah. think you're quite good at pulling out the grit and the personality without it being forced. I think that's, yeah, that's quite, yeah, I think you're right. Because you see people's work and, yeah, you you, you want to say, right, I'd love to see, the, yeah, exactly. I'm not going to exactly say what you said, but I do agree with you. Yeah, you don't have to, you don't have to, you know, beat around the bush. I'm, I'm right. Yeah, you're, you're, right. you're, you're now right. a believer. You are right. That's what was all building up to. Church of you Chris. You are right, yeah. Yeah. But I, I just think it's it's one of those things. Like if you're a fan of photography, which again, I don't think many people are. I think a lot of people are photographers without being fans of photography. You would want to see like, you know, I'd love to see, I'd love to see Emily Soto shoot the like the Vanity Fair Oscars yeah. sort of images because of what she would do with with those kind I, of faces. I was thinking about I was thinking about uh, Martin Parr. Right. Um I, it'd be great to go and shoot his style within the supermarkets at the moment. Yeah. It'd be incredible. Yeah. It'd be so good. It'd be fun to see. And that, that's that's all it is. It's not like saying, oh, this is what you should do and you would be more popular. It would it's just more I would just love to see your interpretation yeah. of it. I think, um, I definitely think Florida for you would be really cool. And although that's warm and I don't want to give it too easy. Mm. Um, but Florida is like so thin veneered. It's mm. so dire in some places. There's a lot of history there. Like people think Florida is literally like a little coastal bit that, yeah. you know, you go to if you can't afford to get the Caribbean, whereas yeah. Florida has got a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. Um, obviously famous, of course, for the being the birthplace of Limp Bizkit, but it has so many other things going on. 
Um, I've just that alienated. should be their number one thing. Yeah, surely, yeah. It's birthplace of the biscuit. Um, most hilarious crimes happen there. That's like the meme now, right? Is like the stuff that happens in Florida. It's like man on meth tries to eat a police car or something. Yeah. And it's like only in Florida. Yeah. Um, but I'd also like to, I would, I would love to drop you in the middle of San Francisco and just firstly, watch your face at, at what you're seeing, but to see what you'd photograph. I think I'd be surprised in San Fran after what you've said. Yeah. It's always been like one of the things that I thought was to go back to America. San Fran was always like, that'd be I'd love to go there. Yeah. You haven't been selling it. You sold Basingstoke more than you sold Samsung. Yeah, and that's saying something, right? Mm. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then, so obviously, quarantine, lockdown, world ending aside, what, what's have you got any goals for yourself in terms of photography for the next year or? Not really. I've had a couple of people inquire about if I sell prints, yep. which is why I've started looking at. So maybe I'll look at that. It's quite flattering, really. And it's quite nice thinking that somebody. Well, either they want to use it as toilet roll oh, or they want to beat me to it. Or they want to put it up in their Fuck's living room. Sake, I was waiting for you to break so I could bring that up. Okay. Yeah. No. All right. Yeah. People like your photos. We get it. God. But yeah, I've had a whole two people. God, two? And I've said That's Mum, double figures. Mum, <laughs> leave me alone. You know, you're not supposed to be talking Dad. to me. Dad. <laughs> but yeah, I just want to keep enjoying it really. And I think that's, I'm in a nice position where I don't rely on it for anything. Yeah. I can just do it as a bit of escapism. Do you think you would lose a bit of love for it if you were doing yeah. it as a job? Yeah, I think so. I think if I was relying on it and there was the pressure there, of that I've got to go and shoot today or right. we're not eating or, you know, I've got to pay my bills with it. I think I'd fall out of love with it. And so it's, it is just, it's, it's a great hobby though. Yeah. I love reading about it. I like watching videos about it. I like looking at different people's work. I like the fact that, trying to think of people that influence me and I like kind of bounce from different person to different person. Yeah. Do you go through like waves of like one month you're obsessed with someone? And yeah. Then massively. Like yeah. when I first started really looking at it, like uh, Steve McCurry yeah. was a bit, especially when I was looking at going to India, his work was for not, I wish I hadn't bothered looking at it first because then you're setting yourself <laughs> up to fail really. If you're trying to compete with it. Have you, have you watched any of his documentaries? Some of them. Yeah. Cause it's, he's a fascinating guy. And yeah. Yeah. I and mean, like Don McCullen was obsessed with him for a bit. Yeah. I and mean, to be fair, he's, he's amazing. There's a video on YouTube about, I think it was Canon. They give him like a new camera and set him, sent him out into India taking shots. And he's like an 83 year old guy, but he's, he's mustard still. Yeah. You know, and he's still got the eye for it. Even like Bruce Gilden, I hated his work when I first, I, it's not me at all. I'll never be able to do, be so Bruce Gilden being the fella in New York yeah. who just gets right up in people's yeah. faces. He's funny to watch though. Well, that's the thing. I, I looked at his photos and I'm like, I hate it. Yeah. I really don't like it. Then I watched a few documentaries with him and I like, I actually quite like him. And then. He's like a lovable twat. Yeah, he is a lovable twat. But it, like when you say about, you'd like to see someone do their work yeah. somewhere else. Yeah. He photographed and did a project in my old hometown of West Bromwich. Right. And it was brilliant. Like he's, you know, you've seen his work that he's done around New York and that, and he's, he's photographing people that live up the road from where I used to live. Yeah. It's incredible to see. Yeah. So, and at the moment, is there someone that's like, you know. I suppose I'm looking more at older stuff at the moment, like William Eggleston. Okay. A, a winner grand. Uh, Merowitz. So do you ever, isn't William Eggleston, I'm pretty sure he was like a bit of an auto shooter. 
he was kind of just point and shoot and it was more about him seeing it in the camera doing the work. Which yeah, I, he, do, do you ever feel like doing that and kind of taking the technical out completely? Well, I'm not that technical anyway, right. really. I, I kind of shoot kind of the same. I have my settings on the same all the time. Usually quite quick because you want to get free, you know, you want to capture the, you know, capture it and usually shoot about like F5.6, F8 and then play with the ISO depending on what time of day it is. Yeah. Well, don't go How over close to Birmingham you are. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're getting a bit close to the Midlands. We have to yeah. go up to 1600. Yeah. But yeah, um, don't worry about it. That's the beauty of that camera, really. I, without, you know, because it's a fixed lens. I don't yeah. have to overthink things or think what would be best for this situation. It's like, well, how can I make this situation suit me? Yeah. And that's, that's why I quite like, I can't see myself moving on to anything, to a different camera. Um, do you not have any interest in uh, the like X-Pro3 sort of direction, the lack of a screen, interchangeable lenses? I did like the look of that camera. Yeah. I've got to admit, it looked, but then I, I think I was, it's the same with the X100F though. I looked at it and I liked the look of it. Mm. The shallow, shallow really. Yeah. It but, was but like, if you like the look of it and it makes you shoot more, it's a good yeah, thing. Yeah. It's like camera Tinder really. I was like <laughs> sw- swiping and the X100F was there and I was yeah. like, oh, great. There's not a lot of good looking cameras anymore though. No, They're it, a bit like cars. They've all gone a bit, Safe Same-y. and roundy, and but there's com- something quite distinctive about it. It's it's great to use, and when you go out shooting street, it's it's not very confrontational. Like, so you mm. can get quite close to people without people thinking, "What what mm. what's that big camera point at me for?" And you can, it looks quite retro, so people think it's a film camera. Yeah. It's a bit of a gimmick. Well, I actually think that's like one of the cool things with the. Uh, X Pro 3 is the fact that you don't have the screen on the back. So if someone asks to see the photo, you can blag it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, do, do you not miss the interchangeable thing or are you just so I don't used miss to- it at all. Okay. There's, you know, yeah, because I, I think because of what I shoot, it's quite straightforward. And I like the fact that if I want to take, like when like that build, like the building photo, the flats, you, you have to move to get different angles mm-hmm. and different views of it. So you feel like you're more in control of it and you're making that photo your own. Yeah. Rather than just, you could stand there and zoom in and out. And I'm not, I'm not a zoom person at all. It's, it's, I I can't function with zooms. I just always zoom in and then use it at its longest length and then it's a prime. Yeah. Um, But one of the things I find with having a zoom on a camera is that you don't really know why you're zooming. Yeah. So you kind of go in and then you're like, maybe wider and you go yeah. a bit wider and you're like, maybe closer. You kind of do it because you've got the facility there to do yeah. it. Yeah. Whereas I find with primes, I kind of am naturally moving towards where I think the photo should be and the composition seems yeah. to come about more in like a tactile way. So it feels like it makes more sense yeah. than just kind of like, mm, that'll do, maybe a bit stood tight. Yeah. Um. Okay. So thank you so much for coming in. No, thanks for inviting me. In the me middle in. of the end of the world it's been i've risked my life for this today you have you had to walk through basingstoke even if there wasn't an epidemic going on it's still pretty much risking (laughs) your life um where can we find you online um the only thing i've got the only thing i use at the moment is instagram Mm -hmm. which is my name at william h pierce yeah and that's where i put everything on at the moment um i am looking at making a website but that's some time off yet yep um but then if i'm gonna be isolated at home at some point i'm gonna have the time to do it and also, if you've ever watched 
YouTube photography videos, every single one of them will tell you that you can go on Squarespace and you get yourself yeah, a website. I've heard it's pretty good. I've heard oh, it's the place mate, to honestly, go. They need to give a new script out because I'm so they sick do. of hearing the same script yeah. in different voices. And they all use Squarespace before they were sponsored by yeah. them. All of them. Yeah. It's all, bra- all brand affiliation now is the funniest thing because the, the sort of view from the outside is that like if you're, if you're a brand ambassador for a camera company, they're just giving you free cameras. And, yeah. You no, know, they're giving them a polite discount. Yeah for a lot of advertising yeah you know it's social media has made a lot of suckers i think sometimes it makes you turn off though doesn't it when they yeah. start going on anything oh yeah and also you, you know as well with a lot of camera reviews when they're not being honest yeah when they start telling you how you can buy the thing if you go to the, click the link in the yeah. description it's like okay so you're selling me this yeah. i've never gone to like a car salesman and they've been like won't buy that it's a banger yeah um it's a piece of shit so inefficient I mean, buy it at your own risk. They're going to be like, that's the best car ever made and you will get lots of women if you sit in that car. Yeah. That's how they sell them. And that's the same on YouTube, just, you know, with two gelled lights in the background. So people get excited and think it's good lighting. Yeah. Have I, I've gone off on one there. You're Sorry, off. I blacked out for a second. <laughs> um, no, it's been, it's been absolutely amazing to have you and thank you so much. You're a lovely person. Everyone go and follow him right now. Oh, thank you. Bye-bye.
I wish to be, I wish to be me.